Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What is going on, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host, and on today's episode, I am sitting down with John Salzinger, the co-founder of Empower. John, thank you for so much for taking the time to chat with me. It's my and our honor. Thank you. Awesome. So a fellow New Yorker, it's always nice to be chatting with a, an, a founder of an outdoor brand that's actually based in New York City. Um, but for someone who may not be familiar with Empowered, how would you best describe your business? Yeah. Well, thanks anyway. It's, it's rare to, to meet a New Yorker that's still here, right? <laughs> yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, thank you. So Empowered is a company that was founded in July of 2012 to better people's lives around the world with beautiful, well-designed, but also really well-working product. Uh, and we've, uh, we've done really um, good work with solar, clean, inflatable, portable, collapsible lanterns. Um, the lanterns are up to two and a half uh, ounces in weight. The lanterns are one inch in height, uh, collapsed. The lanterns are waterproof, shatterproof, durable. We fit 60,000 in a container. And the reason why we did all of this and why I'm talking so much about the sort of form and the function is we wanted to replace kerosene around the world, which is so harmful to so many people in underserved communities. But we wanted to have an engine that pushed the company to be able to do that and make the company strong enough to be able to reduce our margins in many of the emerging markets like Sub-Saharan Africa, Southeast Asia, Central and South America. So we went into retail at the same time. Actually, our first account was Amazon. I'm sure everyone's heard of Amazon. So, <laughs> um, But we've also, we also sold to an NGO almost immediately. So you know, that sort of you know, double model, hybrid model, um, for us, Empowered uh, asks our consumers to participate simply by buying a product, and Empowered does the rest. Um, so it's pretty exciting. Uh, we've affected over 1.5 million people to date um, who were in energy poverty or did not have access to the grid or clean electricity. Uh, and that's you know a figure that's measured by Gogla's international standards. So it's real. <laughs> and um, you know, for us, the the future is bright. Pardon the pun, but we are growing our product line, our verticals, our geographies, um, and you know, our mission. Uh, I'll add that you know we are a B Corp, which is really important to us. Uh, and so everything we do is focused on not just growth, uh, but also impact. And basically, it's automatic. The impact happens uh, by individuals and or companies, corporations participating. So we have a program that's secondary to the scaled model, but very important. So I'd still call it a primary program, uh, which is a Lucy, uh, give Lucy model, whereby corporations can use our light to give one to their customers as a value add to whatever service they happen to give their customer. And then they buy a Lucy for one of our 18 NGO nonprofit uh, companies such as International Medical Corps, um, a new course that does great work with women entrepreneurs in Tanzania and Africa. And, and then lastly, we're about to launch an incredible STEM education deconstructed Lucy product, uh, which is really exciting because not only are we impacting 
the now generation that needs access um, to clean energy, but we're looking to make sure the next generation, you know, kids from seven on up, understand the value of clean energy and how it works and how photons are captured and where are they stored and why it works and why it's cheaper and, you know, why it's the right move for, you know, our planet and our people. That's all so fascinating. So where, where did this idea come from? I know you started in 2012, but I'd love to hear sort of the beginning, where it all started for you. Uh, for me, it starts with, uh, you know, two really good parents uh, with an upbringing that was progressive enough to let me know that I'm not the only one on the planet. Um, I worked with a number of individuals that were like-minded at the time. Uh, and after some, you know, trips around the world for all of us, some of us went to Haiti, um, you know, just sort of the understanding that, um, you know, people are either born on a lucky or an unlucky side of a flip of a coin. I was fortunate enough to be born on the right side of the flip of the coin so I can turn my light on. It doesn't hurt my lungs. You know, my water is delivered to my floor of my building. I have an elevator. I come to work, you know, on a car or a subway, right? I have all these forms of clean energy, um, and many others don't. And so it sort of uh, screamed at me and a few others to ensure that we did something about it. And we wanted to create um, a sustainable initiative. Three billion people don't have access to the grid or clean electricity. One in a, About half of those, 1.5 billion, are off the grid entirely. And another 1.5 have either intermittent access or can't afford the grid. So it's, you know, for me, with my upbringing and for the people I was um, talking to at the time, it was a mandate. It was something we had to do. We felt like we had to do it. And we wanted to take advantage of capitalism. We didn't want to shy away from it. We didn't want it based on a media cycle um, or based on just an event that happened to Haiti. We wanted to really service uh, as much of these people as we could, but really make beautiful product for everyone. So if it's a camper here, that's great. If it's someone who's off-grid uh, in Kenya, well, that's also great. And they should have the same product, and they do. So the exact same product, the exact same testing, all of that applies to everyone. Because for us, it's, you know, it's the human uh, that sort of connects us. And that behavior of getting the right price point into the right market is the same here in a Target as it is in an informal market in Ghana. Of course, of course. So with, with your background, you grew up in the New York area, correct? I did. I did. Yeah. You're originally from Brooklyn? No, I'm actually uh, from Manhattan. I moved to Brooklyn oh, about five years ago. Awesome. So uh, when you were a kid, did you always knew that you wanted to start your own business and then obviously in- integrate that with the social aspect? Or did it sort yeah. of just develop over time and you're just like, yeah, this is so obvious that I've been wanting to do this? I think, I think I'd be lying to say that I knew that when I was running like my first little daycare camp when I was 12 years old <laughs> with like a little, you know, giving little kids lemonades and having my parents, friends, parents be able to lie on the beach. So no, no, again, I was lucky. Um, it took me uh, a lot of time, a lot of experience, um, you know, empathy. I was a photographer for a while. I had done merchant services and banking for a while. Um, you know, there was, uh, I was a fashion photography. Uh, I did so many different things. Uh, I, I think I had 30 jobs, actually. <laughs> um, you know, in college I worked, etc. Um, I think it took me doing enough jobs that I was somewhat um, displeased with or felt somewhat unfulfilled 
Um, you know, I was in media for quite some time at ABC News and AP Digital. Um, so I understand where your lens comes from. Um, you know, I learned a lot about marketing in a tech company. You know, all these things sort of culminated to the point where I felt like, um, you know, I'd like to use all my skills, but I'd like to go home feeling good about what I do and that I'm not just going to work, right? Oh, I and couldn't so, do that more. Yeah, so that's kind of where it sort of comes from. I hope that makes sense. Oh, totally. So yeah. in starting this process, you you did some traveling. You realized that there was this problem, right? Yeah. How did you go about creating this product and then sure. prototyping it to where it is now with the Lucy? Sure. I mean, what Empowered is really, really great at is um, is aggregating technologies and inventing new technologies. So, you know, there's been solar panels, there's been LED lights, right? You know, there hasn't been uh, the formation, the utility, the design, anything like what we have today. Um, and I think it was 40 iterations or so. So I worked hand in hand with our chief technology officer, um, Jason Snyder, and I continued on with um, with our factories, our sources, etc., um, our, our various other employees that worked at the companies and engineers. Um, a product is never finished. Um, there's always an iteration. There's always a way you can improve it. There's always a message from the field, whether it's from you know New York uh, or Tanzania. <laughs> And um, if you don't listen to the field, you become obsolete, but you also don't service your customer in an honest uh, manner. Of course. That, that's, I always think it's so fascinating to hear the, the, the story and the progression of how a brand really gets from that first idea of their product to what they have currently. Um, what would you say is something unique that no one knows about you, one of your products, or your business? And how would you say that really differentiates you um, in the business world? I may have come from my parents as well. I, I do try my best, um, you know, under the duress of New York City life to look at things through other people's lenses. So if you're, uh, if you're um, getting off the subway and someone's getting on before you're getting off, try really hard to understand that they might just be in a rush and they're not being rude, right? It's that simple. So it's kind of like a, a, an attitude whereby, or a lack of attitude whereby you you look at problems as challenges and potential opportunities um, to do something for someone else, right? right. Um, so for me, I think that's sort of a unique outlook. Again, I think instilled by you know my parents my peer group uh, i listened to roots reggae when i was young i loved bob marley i thought he was very inclusive um my my father is a behaviorist psychologist and um i think environment is everything so <clears throat> as much as i'd like to take credit for all of this stuff i think we are sort of a byproduct of you know obviously our genes but also our environment and experiences so i guess um i'm just grateful that I've, able, I've been able, you know, living in New York to be able to experience as much as I have. So I am just a culmination of sort of all my environments. Of course. Now, along this journey, obviously, you, you've built Empowered into a, a pretty successful business. You've got a team of 20 people in New York. You've helped uh, a ton of people, and you've been around for over five years. Along this journey, did you have any mentors that really helped you get to where you are now? 
You know, I've always said that uh, if I if I was going to idolize anyone, it would be sort of Marley. I mentioned him, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, people like that, <laughs> John Lennon, um, people that are sensitive to peace and justice, etc. Um, I think probably at the moment my 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 mentor would be my partner and CEO Sunga Jung, who works at the company now, has been here for a little less than a year. Um, you know, I love working with people that have a uh, have a, a different outlook that, you know, you can complement each other, but I can learn from her every day. Uh, she's been very successful in CPG, consumer packaged goods, um, but she also studied development and environmental sciences. And just sort of to have that sort of uh, additional um, uh, affinity and help is just so, so important uh, when you're challenged by high growth um, all sorts of opportunities, and you want to be very structured in your approach and very effective in your mission. And she's been incredibly helpful at that. So I think a shout out to her is due. That would be my mentor. All the other mentors aren't with us anymore. So <laughs> well, it's, it's always super important to surround yourself with, with people who are great at what you're not. And it sounds like you've definitely done that. Um, in this journey, obviously, one of the big aspects of Empowered is, is the social aspect. And I wanted to ask specifically in regards to the manufacturing process um, of, of your product. And um, I wanted to ask you what, what sort of goes into committing to a sustainably manufactured product that you're offering. Yeah. So we've, you know, painstakingly, many of us at the company, including myself, we've all visited our source um, we know that they're treated right, and that's obviously of the utmost importance. You know, we're very careful with our materials, so we're phthalate-free and things like that. Uh, we've been tested by third-party test houses. We make sure that we don't have any sort of surge protect. We have all sorts of surge protections and redundancies around the waterproofing of the light. Um, you know, we really, really are, are careful about how our products are used and whatever we advertise uh, them being used as that they can be safely. I'll add that, you know, the most important thing when we started this company was solving or resolving a human issue. And, you know, we do that. So whether it's, you know, safe birthing for a mother or, or a woman walking to a latrine safely, all that stuff is really important. Environmentally, we make sure our batteries last a very long time. Right, So one of our batteries for one of our lights lasts, as an example, for 10 years and is much brighter and more econ economical than kerosene. So, you know, we really have kind of looked at everything. Doesn't mean we're done. Doesn't mean we're constantly looking to innovate around sustainability. We actually have uh, one of our colleagues here, Jack Wang, focused strictly on sustainability. He went to Columbia for that. So that's also, um, you know, it's an exciting uh, opportunity for us to improve upon and grow sort of like the iterative process with product it's the same with sustainability you always have to keep your eye on it and get better and better of course of course so being based in new york and being one of the few um, outdoor companies that are hubbed in the new york area what is what is the culture that exists and the sort of dynamic in the in the daily day-to-day -day at empowered yeah. So I don't get out of the office much. So we'll definitely <laughs> talk about the, the, the indoor culture. Of um, 
you know, the culture has been organic, right? So there's some companies, big and small, that, you know, create culture or try to create culture, manufacture culture. There's some companies that it's just sort of, I guess, a free-for-all or maybe don't even consider culture. I think with us, we consider it, but we've sort of let it grow organically. Um, and we have some really good people. And one of the criteria is why are you interviewing here at Empowered, right? Um, so you might be very qualified for the job. Obviously, that's of utmost importance. Um, but why are you here? And, you know, that answer has really got to uh, circle around our mission. It has to show that you care. And that's an important component of not just what you do, but who you are. And I think because of our mission, you know, you're going to find pretty decent people. And we've been very lucky and fortunate. And many on the on the team are just, you know, organically friends. You know, so that's a, a nice feeling and a, and a good feeling and a good place to come to work. Of course. Good people to work with. I totally get that. It's so important. And it, it creates a stronger sense of um, community and just makes people work harder because they feel like they're actually working for something bigger and more important than themselves. Yeah, I mean, you, you alluded to it before, like, you know, it, team is everything and surrounding yourself with much smarter people than yourself of course. <laughs> is, 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 is a really good move. You know, oh, it's not always. just filling in the blanks. Like, I want everyone to be smarter than me in this office, right? I mean, that's 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 the key. Like, know what you don't know, right? That's, yeah. that's a number one, two, and three. I couldn't agree more. What would you say have been some of the hardest parts in building Empowered? In building the company in general? Um, yeah, you know, I'd say, you know, we have a unique uh, company uh, where we grew so fast globally that IP was somewhat challenging. Um, it's just sort of uh, with such easy access to the internet globally and so many marketplaces like Amazon and Alibaba, etc. You know, it's it's not easy for a small company to ensure that they're protected. You know, we have a ton of IP, um, but it still takes time and energy and effort to, you know, go after those who are causing confusion in the market. Um, you know, I'll say that's probably one of the bigger challenges, but the way we've approached it, and it's kind of what we do with everything, if it's a challenge or a problem, it's an opportunity. So we'll turn, you know, knockoffs uh, in a certain retailer or online platform into a lead by calling them and saying, hey, you know, there could be an issue here. We'd love to talk to you. We're not going to come after you at legal. We compete on branding, on marketing, on partnerships, on mission. We have this whole beautiful line. So why don't you work with us? We have, you know, best-in-class logistics, um, best-in-class sales teams. And, and I think, you know, it's worked out well for us. But again, it's the same kind of not why not, but how to attitude, which is pervasive in this, in, in this organization. Of course, of course. When you started this, did you raise capital to, to help build Empowered? We did. We had an angel round. Uh, since then, there's been a couple of other rounds. Uh, and that's an important part of any business. And, you know, what I would say about that is, you know, keep your eye on the ball. Make sure you're raising strategic money with people that are aligned with your mission and care about what you're doing. And, you know, then you should be okay. Of course. So, so what would you say are some of your greatest fears in regards to Empowered and how do you manage them? Well... I mean, for me, in a position I'm in, I guess one of my fears is to make sure it's a responsibility, right, for the employees that work for you, for the people that you help. And so you want to make sure that you can succeed. So if I don't succeed, 
in one of my older jobs, I don't know, Associated Press, you know, great news organization, they'll get someone else to do voiceovers and produce video, right? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> here, I think, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting company because we're a unique brand and we're a unique model and I want other companies to sort of see the success here and then emulate it. So my greatest fear is the responsibility I have to the team, the staff, uh, uh, a kid in Kenya in a, in a slum like Kibera. Um, and I want to make sure that we succeed so that other companies uh, take on problem solving, you know, as opposed to thinking that emerging markets are just sort of, you know, uh, an area whereby you just, it's a loss. It's not a loss. It's an opportunity. It's a business opportunity. So if we succeed, other companies emulate us. My greatest fear is not getting to that point, uh, I think. I totally understand that. Um, along the way, what, what would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made? Oh, you make, I've made every mistake. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't even figure out which one to tell you. You know, you make mistakes. Uh, it's it's not the fall. It's do you get up? Uh, and again, it's how you approach the mistake. Um, you know, uh, literally. I, I mean, I, almost every area of the company. Uh, we're, we were a startup. You know, now we're an early stage company. But as a startup, that's kind of what startups do. Unfortunately, uh, you kind of learn on the job, uh, especially um, in a new field with a new mission, with a new model. You know, we are a B Corp, but we're like a B Corp on steroids. You know, we, we're automatically um, enabling people um, to fortify their lives, right, and build capacity and not dependence. And we're doing it with, you know, retailers that have huge terms, uh, very difficult to deal with in the U.S. Um, so I think, you know, I think some of the things that might have been seen as mistakes now may not have been. So an example would be early on, we went to sell internationally first before we had a brand in the u.s we did that because we couldn't afford the terms in the u.s so a lot of our larger sales right were to international distributors who would pay up front maybe they weren't the best distributor at the time but they paid our bills right and so now that we have a brand and how most companies do it in the u.s um, you can go to find best-in-class distributors internationally so it's kind of flipped so what you know well, i don't necessarily think that was one of the mistakes but if I looked at it now today, it would be a mistake to do that now, right? So, you know, there's a lot of stuff you learn um, that every decision uh, comes with risk. But I think the biggest uh, mistake is not to make a decision. So if you freeze, if you make the wrong decision, you learn. If you make no decision, you fail, right? So make a decision. <laughs> That's kind of would be how I look at that. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Not making a decision is a decision at the same time. It's, it's, uh, it can create so many problems down the road. I wanted to ask you, for the listener that may not be familiar with uh, w what makes a B Corp different than an LLC or, or structuring it differently. Yeah, so we're a B Corp and a benefit corporation. Uh, B Corp is, is more on a marketing side. We do get tested every couple of years by B Labs, or group organization they hold companies to you know profit purpose um, and you have to you know you get scored and you're online and people can look you up and see you know are you really doing what you're saying you're doing um, a benefit corporation means shareholders can actually hold you accountable not just for growth profit but also for impact and I think that's the one that's really important right they both are but you know 
maybe less known is the benefit corporation side of things. Um, you know, that's where, you know, you, you have a responsibility to your shareholders for impact, you know, as well as top and bottom line growth. I love the, the structure. I think it's essential. It's growing. It's gone international. It's in other states. Uh, it needs to. And I think basically the idea of a B Corp or social impact company and all these sort of phrases, to me, they're just companies that are solving problems. And I think we've gotten so far away from that, we've come up with all these new terms, right, mm-hmm. to describe a company that solves a, a real problem. <laughs> right. So, so for me, that's all. And, and a B Corp has been a really great vehicle uh, for us and for many others. And then a great reminder, like kudos to those people um, in that organization because they've reminded everyone that you can participate. You don't have to choose between food on your plate and food on others, right? Of course, of course. What, what advice would you want to give to someone that was considering starting a business, a B Corp, or some sort of social business? I think focus, right? Um, I think you have to identify a problem a real problem. And then you have to come up with an innovative uh, solution that works, right? There's no shortcuts. So problem, solution, um, and then that focus of, you know, grow steadily, grow within your means. Um, things good, good things will come to you if you're doing good things and if you're working hard and you're paying attention, you know, watch your numbers, watch your growth. Um, you know, I think I think the most important uh, differentiator, I guess, with sort of a mission-driven dri- company or a good company, um, is that you never lose the heart behind what you're doing, because I think that passion ends up um, it's infectious, right? So investors, retailers, um, you know, marketers, folks that have blogs like yourself, the press, right? Everyone wants a story. Everyone wants to feel good. And, you know, if we have to use pulling on, tugging on heartstrings uh, to make the, the company more successful and affect more people, I mean, 1.5 billion, uh, million people we've affected is, is no small task. And uh, I want to get to 1.5 billion, right? So, um, yeah, I think, I think the, the biggest advice is uh, be honest, um, stay true to your mission, and tell people what you're doing. Get it out there and be proud of it. I couldn't agree more. Where do you see Empowered in the next year, five years, and even 10 years if you've thought about it down the road? Yeah, yeah so we, we grow every year. Uh, we're going to continue to grow every year. We've grown geographically. We've grown through SKUs and different verticals and markets. Um, and we will grow with technology. As technology grows, we have to keep up with it. Um, and some would see that as potentially daunting, and others might see that as an opportunity. So for us, I think it's essential to use all of these. Again, it's another challenge. It's an opportunity. Um, for us, um, you know, our lights will get um, to the point where they can do other things, and Empowered will get to the point where we can do things other than light. That's really awesome. What would you say is the, really the best part about running Empowered? I think it's just the people, the people you work with, and then, you know, being together in a room and and seeing the effect, seeing the impact on, you know, a little boy who now can read uh, without, you know, harmful pulmonary effects of kerosene, or a woman who can make samosas 
uh, you know, at night, and she can make a little more money for her family, uh, again, without the harmful effects of kerosene, um, you know, medical procedures, you know, all these sort of, all the things we talked about early on in the call that we take for granted, I think, um, you know, those stories are heartwarming, moving, you know, I could watch the same video uh, 10 times and it still, it still kills me. And, you know, we have one on our website, empowered.com, if I can plug that yeah. <laughs> shamelessly. It's M followed by the word power, followed by the letter D.com. If you go to our Bright Ideas blog section, you know, there's a whole section on Kibera, which is uh, has a, the sad distinction of being the largest slum in the world. And there's a little boy, Sean, who's going to school in this sort of you know, apocalyptic setting, and, uh, you know, Sean says he wants to be a pilot. So why can't Sean be a pilot? <laughs> also, Sean can be a pilot, and Sean just needs to be able to read and survive kerosene. We don't need kerosene to hinder Sean's progress, and, you know, you know I, that's that's the driver. And it's the driver for everyone here, and collectively being able to be a part of that. You know, even if you're just in logistics here, um, if you're in you know, production, it doesn't matter what you do at this company, you're a part of something special. And our partners are too, right? So our retailers, are, are, we're, in the, we're in Bloomingdale's, we're in the Guggenheim. Everyone who has our lights, everyone who sells our lights automatically is participating. And so for me, that's exciting. It's kind of like a movement. Oh, I couldn't agree more, John. I, I appreciate you sharing your story. It was really, really great to get to know you and what drives your organization. And we'll link all that up in the show notes so that uh, listeners can check out those um, all of that and um, before we end today's episode I also wanted to mention that we're going to be doing a, a giveaway with you and Discover Outdoors and one of the unique yep. things about the giveaway that we're going to be offering is where the two winners that get selected will be able to um, send 10 lights each to an NGO of their choice um, which we think is a really awesome aspect and we're really excited to be able to include that in in our in our giveaway in future with you but uh, uh john for anyone that wants to keep tabs on what you're doing and what empowered is doing where, where's the best place for them to do that yeah www.mpowered.com uh that's the easiest way to take a look um you know i'm on the about section but it's not about me it's about the company so take a look at our blog buy some lights you'll Again, automatically be helping people out. I really enjoyed the call, and, and I think you taught me something when you told me that philosophically, right, no decision right, is a decision. I, I like the philosophy around that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, uh, I appreciate you for taking the time. It's really it's, it's a blast to, to be able to chat with you and uh, get to know you. And with that, uh, again, John, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for doing what you're doing. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.